0: Hey, good morning. It's John Pete. Thank you. Turn with me to Matthew chapter seven, if you will. Matthew chapter seven. I was out in the parking lot this morning, and the boys have been uh, out sledding all week with the snow, and and with our sons, they uh, they play a game of revolving. Snowwear, <clears throat> so they're constantly finding a pair of gloves or a hat that's not necessarily theirs to take outside. <laughs> and uh, they found a pair of Aaron's gloves, and one of them dropped on the parking lot, and it froze. <laughs> and uh, so I went over this morning, <clears throat> and I saw it there, and it was blocking the back door <laughs> that leads to my office. So I decided I was going to kick it, and. I tried and move it well it's frozen it was frozen solid to the um, to the pavement and I kicked it with my right foot so if I limp um, understand that that's why because it's the foot I just had surgically repaired and and I may have to have it surgically repaired again I, I don't know Matthew chapter 7, we're going to be looking at verses 24 through 27 this morning. As we come to the end of this series that we've been in for quite a while now, On um, we started off with what did Jesus do, and uh, we got to now where it's what next. Now that we know all that Jesus did in ministry and how he lived his life, <laughs> now we know that everything, that what he did and, and how he did it and the example he set for us, What do we do now? What's next for us in ministry? And we've talked about how we should be prepared and how we get ourselves ready and how we look at ourselves and and make sure that we're, not only that we know Christ as our savior, but also that we're now living that life and we're moving forward in life. Now we've come to the point, and, and a big part of that was being connected to a local church. Well, now that we're connected to a local church, what do we do now? What do we do now? Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 24, reads this way. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the wind blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. And I, the, the, I read from the CSB, and it says and it collapsed with a great crash. But I love the way the King James uh, gives that, the last part of that verse. It says, and great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is impossible to build a strong house without a firm foundation. We know that. It's impossible to build a strong house without a firm foundation. In the same way, it's impossible to build a strong church without strong foundational principles, philosophies, and people. That's what this has all been about. Next year, our theme is life as a church. And We're going to be looking at what, what church should be for us and what it should be in our lives and how our lives should be uh, our, our spiritual lives and our walk with the Lord and our service and our ministry. And I believe our family should be centered around church and church should be a focus of our lives because that's what uh, that's what God created. Jesus Christ established the church and he said this is my vehicle for reaching the world and all things that are done through Christ through ministry should be done through a local church that's my firm belief but you can't build a strong church without a strong foundation and you can't build a strong life without a strong foundation that's what knowing, that God wants you to serve in ministry where you're passionate as well as gifted is all about. Remember, we're talking about the intersection of gifting and passion. The intersection where your gifting from God connects and crosses with your passion in life. I believe that's where you'll find your ministry. I believe it's God is intentional in the way he designed us. I believe he's intentional in the way he gifted us. And I believe he's done it for the purpose of ministering And reaching this world and building his kingdom. It's what knowing God wants you to serve in ministry where you're passionate as well as gifted is all about. Knowing that you're gifted, uh, that your gifting and your passion intersect, uh, where they intersect is where you'll find your ministry sweet spot. That's what serving God with joy, effectiveness, and unity is all about. If you've been in church for any length of time, you can find people who aren't happy with ministering in church, right? You met those church grouches who uh, they're faithful and they're serving, but they're not happy about it because they're, they're put in positions and put in places that they're really not gifted for. They're just filling a spot. And I appreciate people who will fill a spot, but I believe it's much more important and better If we find out where we're gifted and where we're passionate and get involved there because that is your ministry sweet spot that is where everything comes together in your life in your home your church or your ministry if they are not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ then it is not built God's way this means that you must know your Bible what you are doing may be a good thing but if it isn't done God's way then it is not building the kingdom of God. Understand that, and that's what we're talking about with getting involved in ministry. Too many times I believe, and I know this is, you know, coming from a pastor in a small church that uh, is always looking for volunteers, but sometimes we get ourselves ahead of our skis in ministry. And we jump into a ministry just because there's a need, and we're really not gifted that way. And I appreciate the fact that we're filling a spot and we're getting that we're doing the job, but we're not really doing what God has called us to do in the way he's called us to do it. I know that sounds kind of convoluted and it may sound like. Um, may not sound like anything you've heard before, but listen to the follow me through this message. And I think you'll understand what I have to say. Just because it's commendable does not mean that it's kingdom. OK, understand that just because it's commendable does not mean that it's kingdom. Just because you're doing things that someone might say, well, thank you, does not mean that you're building the kingdom. Because if you're not doing it with passion, if you're not doing it with God's anointing on your life, if you're not doing what God's called you to do, why he's called you to do it, then you're really not doing it God's way. So that's what we're going to be finding out. And what we're going to be talking about over these next two weeks in this message is gifting, where you're gifted, how you're gifted, and the gifts that are available to us in a church now, it's my desire and the leadership of this church is our desire to lead this church to a great place. Not, not necessarily greatness in size and numbers. Now, I'd love to see us, you know, I'd love to see us have four or five services a week packed out where we're running thousands of people and, and uh, that'd be awesome, that'd be awesome. But that's not what we're talking about when we talk about greatness in ministry. What we're talking about is being a church that uh, is great in its effectiveness, is great in its individual spiritual growth, the spiritual growth of its people, where the people of our church, the people of New Life, are growing spiritually. We're not just faithful on Sunday morning. We're truly growing throughout our lives in our faith. We're we're, we're drawing closer to Jesus Christ and growing uh, growing more passionate in our spiritual walk. And a church that is great in community outreach, doing great things for the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, what we're doing here coming up for, these, for the, the veterans in need, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great ministry. But if we're only doing it just to give somebody a dinner, then we're really not doing it for kingdom purposes. See what I'm saying? It's commendable, but it's not kingdom. So we have to understand that there's got to be an ulterior motive for the kingdom of God behind what we do, behind our good works. When we do our, our outreach, our bridge events, It's great. I love to see other people's kids go home with a lot of candy. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. Um, But if there's not a purpose to make connection and to reach people and to build relationships with the intention of getting people who are unchurched into church and people who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior to connect them in a way where they can learn about Jesus Christ and perhaps come to know him as their Savior, then we're missing the point of all this. It's commendable but it's not kingdom. And too many times in our lives as Christians in our walk with the Lord in our in the in the way we live our lives and it's it's becoming epidemic in Christian circles now. We're doing good things that we get involved in politics and that's a good you know it's good to to take a stand things but are you truly doing it to build the kingdom of God or just because you want to have lower taxes? Are you doing it for the kingdom of God or because you are you doing it because you want to be a good example in the community and, and help your community out and, and, and do things for the glory of God? Or are you just doing it for other reasons? It's commendable, but is it kingdom? I believe there's a play, I, I believe there's a, an intersection where all this can come together and it'll work together. Now, in order for this church to reach those levels of greatness in ministry, in order for this church to be a breeding ground for people to draw closer to Christ in their faith, for each of us to grow stronger every day in our walk with Jesus Christ, for us to have an amazing impact on our community and to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we must, each and every one of us, know where we fit in best. Not just where you fit in, where you fit in best in order for us to be effective. Let me say that again. In order for this church to be its most effective, we have to find out where you each individually fit in best. Not just fit in, fit in best. Why? Because at the intersection of gifting and passion is where you'll find your ministry. I use this example all the time. You don't want me, I, listen, I love children, I love my grandchildren, I love my boys, but you don't want me running the nursery. You don't want me working in the nursery. You just don't want me there. Can I get an amen from people who we don't want in the nursery? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brother, listen, it's a, it's a passionate person for, for infants, right? For, I'm not gonna go further than, what, than saying infants. Infants. Very special people work in the nursery. Okay? Back, back in our children's ministry this morning, the songs were led by a dude dressed up in an Olaf costume. I'm not wearing an Olaf costume. Okay? Not going to happen. And I'm not going to, uh, you know what? I'd, I'd be Wolverine before I, before that's not my area of passion. Could I teach children? Absolutely. I know the Bible stories. I know how to, I got two eight-year-old twin boys. I know how to teach kids, but it's not my passion. We want you to find where your passion and your gifting intersect so that you can fit in here at New Life where you fit in best. Because when you fit in best and you are using your gifts and talents that God has gifted you in a way that is passionate about serving, you're gonna be happier. You're gonna be more productive. You're gonna put more into it. You're gonna grow more. Man, this is what it's gonna be all about. When you love what you do for the kingdom of God, we're gonna see great results. We don't want a bunch of grumpy Christians walking around just filling spots because a spot has to be filled. Does that make sense? Because it makes a lot of sense to me. So we need to find where, that, where those two come together. Now, everybody is gifted with something that is unique to them. Everyone is passionate about something that is unique to them. And everyone, and everything that you're gifted and passionate about is capable of being used in the ministry of the local church. Understand that. We've talked about this before, remember? God is the creator of creativity. He's the creator of creativity. He gave you gifts and he gave you passions for things that matter, not just for your life, but for his kingdom. And he wants you to find how to use those in a local church. And I believe with all my heart that there are ministry opportunities that are just waiting for us as a church to get involved in when the right person steps forward with the right gifting and the right passion to lead that ministry. Everything that you've been gifted with and everything you're passionate about for the kingdom of God can be used to build the ministry of a local church and to build the kingdom of God and to reach people with the gospel. Over these next two weeks, we just need to find out what those things are. We're gonna, I'm going to try to lay a foundation for you where we can find out what these things are so you can find out where you best fit in. We're going to be looking at different areas of gifting, what they mean according to the Bible and how they can practically and effectively fit in to the ministry of New Life Church. I've got 11 different areas of ministry that we're going to talk about over the next two weeks. 11 different areas, okay? And they're... What what my intention is to do is to give you the area of ministry and to describe it for you, tell you what it is, give you some scripture... And then give you some practical application of where it can fit in in our church. Okay? Does that make sense? I hope so, because if not, it's gonna be a boring two weeks. (laughs) Okay. It's my desire that you come to this message with an open mind and an open heart and a curiosity about what God has for you to do, because make no mistake, He has something for you to do here. God has something for you to do here at New Life Church. He has something for you to do here at New Life Church. I've said it so many times lately, and I'll say it again. And it's it's something I've grown into and something I really, I, I embrace. I love church. I love the church. I love the idea of the church. I I know, I know it sounds silly, but I think God was so clever to come up with the idea of the church. Because think about it, man. When a church is operating the way it's supposed to operate, when everybody is in unity and everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing and everybody is operating with, with a, a, a positive spirit, a spirit of cooperation, a spirit of unity and a spirit of kingdom building, there's no better place on earth to be than a local church, truly. I love what we have here. I love the potential that we have here. And I just can't wait to see how God reveals to each and every one of us what he has for us and where we all fit in. Now, spiritual gifts are not about individual fulfillment or contentment. Understand that. Spiritual gifts are not about individual contentment or fulfillment. As believers, we're to find our contentment in Jesus and in whatever, whatever situation he places us in. Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I'm in, they're in to be content. So the spiritual gifts he's given you are not for your personal contentment or your personal fulfillment. Gifts are not about your own personal gain or glory. Your gifting is not a reflection on your ambition to be great among your peers or to be lifted up as something special. That's not what your spiritual gifts are about. Okay, God didn't give you a gift, a spiritual gift, so that you can now be lifted up among others and be an amazing, you know, an amazing icon in the Christian world. Gifts are not what make you special in the eyes of God. Because you're special in the eyes of God, he's given you gifts, okay? You've got to look at it differently. Gifts are not not what make you special in the eyes of God. He's given you spiritual gifts to serve him because you're special in his eyes. So spiritual gifts are, I was talking to my oldest sister, Donna, yesterday, and I, I said I took this word out of my introduction Uh, because it sounded almost tearing it down a little too much, but I'm going to go ahead and use it. Spiritual gifts are really utilitarian when it comes to ministry, right? They're just, they're utilitarian. They're just a tool that you use to serve God. Everybody has a tool to use God and to serve God in the church with. So they're there for you to do something to build the kingdom of God. Now, Spiritual gifts are abilities that God gives to us so that we may be able to serve effectively in a local church setting. You're going to hear that a lot from me. Not just because I'm a local church pastor, but because I believe the theology of the Bible, of the New Testament, is local church. Is local church. It's all about the local church. Okay? Now, passion is what God blessed you with to serve with joy, And what makes you invest more and more, even though the odds seem stacked against you and people reject what you have to offer. Passion is what continues, what causes you to continue to come back and serve more and more. When you've had defeats in your life, when you've had setbacks in your walk with the Lord, when you've had disagreements or when things didn't turn out just the way you wanted them to, the passion for serving God and the kingdom and and building His, his kingdom through your church, through your passionate gifting. That's what causes you to come back over and over again. Gifts are also what God uses to grow our faith and our abilities. They're what puts iron in our spiritual bones and what connects us with with the rest of the body of the church. We live in a time in society and in the church where everybody gets offended right everybody gets offended this this i think the the most ridiculous one is that and it's been all over all week long all the Peloton bike commercial <laughs> right it's it's body shaming this, Check this, I know it's a commercial, it's a stupid commercial, but did you ever think that maybe the woman asked her husband for a bike for Christmas? For crying out loud, she might actually like riding a Peloton bike. Maybe she had maybe she rode one at the gym and she wanted to have one at home. My gosh. My goodness. Yes, my wife, my wife calls the gym the physical education facility. And she avoids it as much as possible. Okay. But seriously. A commercial caused you to get offended so much so that uh, a I think it's a vodka company made a commercial see that you could go and see this commercial where they made a commercial with the peloton wife the woman that was riding the bike she went to a bar with two friends <laughs> and they they got her a, they gave her a a, 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 a drag to go to bar so i don't know what they gave her a drink of vodka and they said that, you know they' they're, they're pacifying her. This will make you feel better. This will make... So she drains it all. And the, the friend says, here, have this one too. And it be, they just made a joke out of it because it's so silly to be offended. But listen, that's what that's what it's become, hasn't it? We become so offended about everything and every little thing. And in church, we become offended because somebody spoke to me the wrong way. Somebody looked at me the wrong way. Somebody didn't like the shoes I wore today. Somebody didn't like the coffee I made. I'm so offended. I'm so offended. Listen. Serving God with your passionate spiritual gift is what put, puts iron in your bones, your spiritual bones. It gives you iron. Aaron, every once in a while, she hits me a lot. When I go to the VA, they ask me, they say, do you feel safe at home? And I have to think about it. <laughs> no, she's, no, just kidding. Okay. Aaron. We were, we, were sitting, we were sitting down one day. We were sitting down one day, and uh, that's a joke. We were sitting down one day. I mean, look at me, look at her. I'm, there's no reason to fear. Um, but, but we're sitting down one day, and I said something wise, a, a wise guy. I know it's a surprise that I would be sarcastic, but there it is. And I said something sarcastic, and Aaron smacked me in the knee, my right knee. She went, what? And I just kind of looked at her. And she would, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> you just punched titanium. <laughs> okay? This whole right leg is titanium. You, you hit my, my knee. It's going to hurt when you punch metal. Now, that's, that's a funny illustration of the way we should be as Christians. That did not hurt me, okay? It didn't. First of all, I have, from the initial injury, Back in 83 and from the army, I have no feeling on that side of my knee. It's just gone completely. Secondly, there's no, there's no nerve endings in titanium joints. So I'm not going to feel it. There's, there's literally iron in my bones. That's the way I want to be spiritually. When it comes to people and attitudes and perceived insults. They just don't matter. I'm not going to waste my time getting upset over something so silly and causing an issue in my own spiritual growth because nine times out of ten, the person that you, that, that you got offended by doesn't even know what they said or did, and they didn't do it intentionally. But you're the one that's dealing with all that, those issues within yourself. Save, save the, the struggle for, the, for the, the issues that truly matter in life but that's the way we need to get it. and that's the when when we serve with passion in our gifting it helps us to understand that what we're doing matters for the kingdom of god as we start to see the church grow and we start to see our kids we just had a uh, one of our young moms say that her son was in school and the school called her because her son was talking about going to heaven and they thought maybe he was wanting to die it's like no no, he's excited about seeing Jesus. She said, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Man, that's when you know our children's ministry is doing something right. It's, it's reaching these kids and helping them to learn about their faith. I have no problem when the bus driver, uh, Mr. Rob, that I, I work out of the gym with, he says, he says, I've tried to tell your boys, John, that uh, not everybody believes in God. So when they sing those Jesus songs on the bus... I said, Rob, don't you dare tell my boys not to sing Jesus songs on the bus. I want them to do that. I don't really care who's offended. You know what I'm offended by? When they start singing the latest gangster rap. So it goes both ways. Okay? You sing what you want, we'll sing what we want, and we'll see how everything pans out. But I'm not going to be offended by the silly stuff. <laughs> so Our gifts put the iron in our our bones spiritually, and our gifts are the connective tissue that brings it all together and keeps it all together. In a church, all of us using our gifts in a passionate, passionate way, successfully for the kingdom of God, makes this whole thing work. That's why it doesn't matter who's gifted in what way. It matters how you serve in the gifting you've been given. You're going to see as we go through these different 11 topics, these different 11 areas of gifting, how it's a very broad area that God has has laid out for gifts, and there is something for everybody to be involved in. I will just remind you of this, at the intersection of, of your gifting and your passion is where you'll find your ministry. So as we look at these different eleven areas of, of gifting, and then we're not going to break them down into the uh, into the individual, uh, you know the the controversial gifts. We're not gonna even talk about those. Okay. Um, I, what I want you to do is is pray and just ask God to open your heart and your mind, and to give you a passion and an understanding of where your passion and your gifting meet, so that. You can be prompted. And listen, if, you're ever, if you've been around me for more than five minutes, you'll know I love talking ministry. I could talk ministry all day. It's the passion of my life. So I, will lo- I would love to have conversations, text conversations, any kind of conversations about figuring out where you fit in best. So open up your heart and your mind and ask God to reveal to you just where it is that you fit in. Let's pray about that right now. Father, thank you so much for this time to be here together in your house. Lord, as we begin to look at these areas of gifts, Father, there are people sitting here. There are people that aren't able to be here today that are watching us on Facebook. God, that um, they just need some direction and some understanding, God. They have this feeling in their heart and they have this ability and they need to know where they connect and where they intersect, God, so that they know where they fit in best. And I pray that you will Give supernatural understanding and open up our hearts and our minds to what it is you have for us to know and then what you have for us to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The first area, these are in no specific order. We're just going to cover these different 11 areas. The first area is this. It's a very exciting area of ministry. Administration. Okay. It's like that commercial I saw years ago, a little kid says, I want to grow up to I want to rise to the level of middle management. Yeah. Right? right? Administration. Now, some people look at that and say, Oh, administration. Hey. Other people are like, yes, bro, oh my god, you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. What is it? The gift of administration is the divine strength or ability to organize multiple tasks and groups of people to accomplish these tasks. The ability to see how events need to be put together and carried out. Organizing. People who can organize things. That's the gift of administration. People who see how things have to work. What has to be done to make things happen. Can I be honest with you? In the last 30 years, this church has had two pastors. Well, actually, for the last... Forty-something years. The church had two pastors, three actually, but only two really count. Uh, okay, uh, for this, for this, uh, that sounded that sounded meaner than it was supposed to. Okay, for this illustration, wow, that was that was pretty horrible. I got I got to be honest. Uh, only two for the for this illustration. One is incredibly gifted in the area of administration. The other one is me. Okay? I'm not gifted in the gift of administration. I'm a dreamer. I'm a vision caster. That's who I am. I don't really care about the details. Okay? I don't. It, I, I just don't. Ask anybody who works with me. Ask our deacons. Pete, you're gonna put a pastor, I wanna, I wanna put on a, a potluck. Great, well, we can do this. this one, one awesome stuff, awesome stuff. But hey, Pete, I don't really care how you do it. Let's just have food there, okay? I'll cook. I'm, I'm not gifted in the area of administration. My father, the pastor before me, incredibly gifted. My dad loves the details. He loves them. One year, at the end of the year, he does all the books for the church still. At the end of the year, one year, this is years back, He was one penny off. Mom, is this not true? He was one penny off. He spent two weeks, two weeks to find a penny. He found it. You know what I did for two weeks? Played baseball. I don't know anything. Anything. But find a penny. My gosh. But my dad's passionate about that. It bothers him when things aren't done that way. And, and I'll, truth be told, it bothers him that it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I, you can ask my father about that. It bothers him that these things don't bother me. I'm fi- I'll be 57 this week. I'll be 57 this week. I can run faster than him even though I've got titanium in my leg. I don't have to worry about my dad grounding me anymore. <laughs> I can say those things, okay? But I'm fortunate that I have a man in this church that does care about those things, that is gifted and passionate about those things. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe, maybe the details and working things out and seeing how things come together in a church setting for the kingdom of God, how this can work. Maybe you're the person who can take an idea that's given to you and make it happen and make it the biggest, best thing that's ever been done. Listen, several years ago I had the idea of doing an Easter egg hunt for the church. You know what I wanted to do? Get some Easter eggs, throw them in the field, let the kids get them, get out of my face. Have you been to our Easter egg hunt? Oh my gosh. It's as though we had a petting zoo one year, for crying out loud. We have bounce houses. What in the way? Somebody asked us if they could if, if we rented out our petting zoo. In our house, we have three dogs, a cat, a rabbit, and two guinea pigs. So maybe, and two fish. But I had no idea about putting all that, that making all that happen. Somebody else did. And look at what we have. And we have people in this church that now are faithful to this church, serving in this church because we put on an Easter egg hunt, because they got to know each other, because they got to know people. And they became comfortable, and they started coming to the church, and it grew. Maybe you are that person. What is it not? What is the gift of administration not? It is not the gift of telling others what to do and running the show. That's not the gift of administration. That's the the non-gift of bossiness. (laughs) Okay, That's the non-gift of bossiness. Someone who knows how to bring people together, how to make a team work, and to get the job done, and to expand something beyond what anybody else could think about it. The gift of administration. The the gift of looking at the details of a church and caring about the details of a church and the inner workings of it, the infrastructure, and making sure that gets done. And making sure that works well. Well. What are some scriptures about the gift of administration? 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, next miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, and administrating. It is a spiritual gift from God to be able to understand how a church needs to function and the inner workings of it. That's a spiritual gifting from God. And I believe people who have been gifted with the gift of administration are also passionate about those things. I'm not the kind of guy that could, that could work behind a desk all day. I have an office down at the other end of the building. I don't know why. I'm, I'm barely ever in there. It's nice. It's got Dodgers memorabilia and Rams memorabilia all over the walls. It's very nice. It has a window. Thank you, Jeremy. It's a very nice place to be. I'm just not a guy that sits behind a desk. I take my I throw I, I throw everything in my backpack and I go to Panera Bread. You know why? Because I like to be around people. I like to talk with people. I like to get to know people. That's how I get to, that's how I talk about my church. I met Jonathan taking the boys to the doctors, and look at what happened. They're here. You know. But some people love that. Some people love that kind of work. And it's what you're passionate about and when you find out that you're passionate about that and you're gifted that way, and that comes together, now God can use you to your very best ability to build a local church and to build his kingdom. <clears throat> First Corinthians fourteen forty. but everything is to be done decently and in order. Not only is it a gift, it is a necessity in the church. It is a necessity in the church. When people have questions, we need to be able to have answers, right? When people question or ask, not not in a bad way, but when people have questions about how the church runs and what the church is doing and what's going on, we need to be able to have answers. How do you have answers? You've got people that have gifted with administration that know how to get things done, that know how to write up reports or spreadsheets or whatever it is you guys do. I have no idea. There's an app for it. Is it on the Fitbit, Sue? I don't know. Little Family joke. Luke 14, verses 28 through 30. For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule him, saying this man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Listen, can I tell you something? we have enough ridicule, we have enough negativity thrown at us from the world, we don't need to be disorganized and out of control in the way we run our church. Therefore, we need people who know how to bring stuff together, who know how to administrate a church so that when people from the outside look at us, they say to us, boy, they have their their stuff together. I Last week, we had a, 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 meet, a business meeting and we voted to pursue a refinance so that we can do some things we need to do here, buy a, a new plow truck. Uh, one of the reasons the parking lot is a little bit of a mess right now is because Jeremy and I were out there with, with a snowblower and uh, we just couldn't keep up So we needed, because we couldn't get the plow to work, work properly. So we need a new plow truck and we need storage space there's several things that we need. So we, the, the church voted to go ahead and do that. When I called the bank and I talked to the woman about it, the, the last question is for me is always, does this look like it's doable? And she said, well, you've got an extraordinary payment history with us and a great reputation with us. So it's probably not going to be a problem. Can I tell you how many how many mortgage checks I've written over the 17 years I've been here? Zip. I have not that's not me. That's the man who's gifted with administration. As our church continues to grow, we're going to need more people to step into these roles. And we're going to have more areas of responsibility that need people who know how to be administrators. You know why? Because I want to hear every time I go and talk to somebody in the community about something, I like to hear, well, you've got a great reputation with us. Rather than, eh, I know what you churches are like. That's important. The gift of administration keeps us on the right track. And I summed it up with this, and I think this will be on the screen Dreamers dream dreams administrators make the dreams come true. Dreamers dream dreams. That's me. I'm a dreamer, okay? If, 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 my, if, if my dreams, if I were to tell you my dreams for this place, um, it would probably blow your mind a little bit, okay? Dreamers dream dreams, but administrators make the dreams come true. That's why we need people that are gifted with the gift of administration and are passionate about it. Now, what are some, what are some ministry fit-ins for, for administrators? Event planning teams, bridge event teams. There's so many, ask Mary, ask Sarah, ask the women, who, <coughs> ask uh, Zach, ask the people who've been involved in our bridge events, our, our, um, our, our trunk or treat, uh, Easter egg hunt, all the bridge events that we do ask how much planning and preparation goes into those it's amazing what happens and the time and effort we need people who know how to make those things happen communication team financial and budget team these are areas that you'll fit that you are a ministry fit in if you are gifted and passionate about the gift of administration the second one <laughs> is the gift of hospitality we have an entire ministry about the about hospitality. We have a deacon who is over the hospitality area of our church. Hospitality is a gifting from God. What is it? The gift of hospitality is the divine strength or ability to create warm, welcoming environments for others in places such as your home, office, or church. The ability to create a warm and welcoming environment. <clears throat> this is one thing I am passionate about because I know that if people don't feel welcome in their church, don't feel welcome in our church, they're not going to come back. So I, I'm not passionate about some things, but I am passionate about this. I think it's important. It's incredibly important that we do what we can to make people feel welcome and warm in our church. What is it not? It's not a social club. It's not a clique. It's not an us for and no more. There is room for everybody. We don't even have a big tent because a tent has an end. There is room for everybody. We don't limit things here. Why? Because when you limit things, <clears throat> when you limit the amount of people participating in something, then you're saying somebody's not welcome here. That's not the way it is. Now, you, you may see it differently, but that's just, and, and listen, listen, I'm going to be very blunt as we go through these things, okay? You may see it differently, but that's because you're not gifted with the gift of hospitality. Does it make sense? I had a a pastor friend of mine, former pastor friend of mine, former pastor, still a friend, but former pastor, came into our church, he says, you know, John, one thing I would do, he says, you got things running good, he says, but that old handshaking stuff, I'd get rid of it. Now, I've known this guy since high school. I looked, I looked at him, I said, listen, bud, you know why? Because you have no interpersonal skills. That's why. You don't like people. That's the problem. And it's true. If you don't, if you don't like it, you're not going to see the value in it. But if you, if you understand that that has been a part of new life, new life has always been a happy, welcoming, warm church. We used to, before we ever bought this property, we used to meet on Hanson Drive in Springfield in the basement of Loretta Gagliardi's house. And we would pack like 80 people into a basement. Why? Because people loved being around New Life Church. It's a welcoming place to be. That's important to me. And if if it's important to you, then perhaps you have the gift of hospitality. And if you're passionate about it, then i think you probably definitely have the gift of hospitality there's some scriptures that i want to look at hebrews 13 verses 1 and 2 let brotherly love <clears throat> let brotherly love continue don't neglect to show hospitality by doing this some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it you never know you never know what's going to come of your hospitality of reaching out to someone, of making someone feel welcome, of being willing to have that conversation. It's not just welcoming them into your home. Hospitality is about being a nice person and an open, welcoming person at your job, being willing to talk to people, being willing to have that conversation, buying somebody a coffee, right? Doing things that are actually nice for other people. Remember a, a woman that needed to ride home from work one day. Gave her a ride home from work, and now her daughter accepted Christ. Her, and her husband sing and play in our worship team, and they're getting ready to have a baby. So we're about to have three generations of Barb's family, all because I could have said no, but all because of a ride home. You see, that's the gift of hospitality, Understanding that making people feel warm and welcome really has value for the kingdom of God and for your church. Romans 12:13, share with the saints in their needs, pursue hospitality. I mean, that takes it to a whole nother level, doesn't it? Paul says, pursue hospitality. Chase after it. Learn about it. Learn how to do it. Learn how to be it. Learn how to be hospitable. Get over yourself and realize that you need to make people feel welcome. 1 Peter 4, 9, be hospitable to one another without complaining. Boy, we could have have done without that last phrase, right? Without complaining. Man, if this is something you're passionate about, and this is something that you see the value in, then maybe God has gifted you with the gift of hospitality. What are some ministry fit-ins for hospitality? Well, obviously, the hospitality team. Pete, Laurie, raise your hands, wave them in the air as if there's no consequences whatsoever. Man, if you want to get involved with hospitality, this is the couple that'll plug you in. They truly will. They are, man, not only do they make great mac and cheese, they are hospitality people, and they'll plug you in. The welcome team, welcome team, Melvin is at the door every Sunday welcoming people. Brian is at the door every Sunday welcoming people. Man, you know, we could use a whole lot more. People that will walk others down the... If you haven't noticed, the entrance to our church is in East Long Meadow. The auditorium is in Springfield. That means it's a long walk, okay? Because Springfield is right over there. The golf course, part of it is Springfield. So when you have to explain a joke, it's not funny anymore. Anyway... Anyway, the welcome team, as we continue to grow and new people, you know, the worst thing to do is to walk into a place and there's a whole lot of people around and nobody notices you there. If you're the person that notices the new people and goes up and says, hi, then you've probably been gifted with the gift of hospitality. And if you're passionate about that, then you're definitely, in my opinion, been gifted with that gift and you need to do something with it. The gift of hospitality. The outreach team. The social media team. We have a we have a so, I don't know if you know that we have a social media team. We have an amazing advisor who does it for a living. How, how he does that with the company he works for, I'll never know. But, but did you know that hospitality, I'm not sure if you know this, but Facebook and Twitter can be really ugly places. They can be really nasty places, and people can take you for a ride and just rip you up one side and down the other, and you can do the same. Mm -hmm. Keyboard warriors, absolutely. So hospitality on the social media team, man, yeah. Being able to respond to people with love and grace and say, hey, you know what? Why don't you come out? I'll buy you a cup of coffee. We'll sit down and we'll talk about this. I'll present my my thoughts about it. You can talk to yours and we'll find common ground somewhere. Man, those are those are areas of that we need people. I don't need a fighter on the social media team. Okay? Seriously. I live on the property, I don't want angry people showing up. Okay? We need people with the gift of hospitality and grace that can respond and truly want to use it as a means of reaching out. We're gonna cover one more real quick. The gift of craftsmanship and creativity. Craftsmanship and creativity. This is not a gifting of mine, I'll tell you right now. They don't let me around power tools, I say it all the time. What is it? The gift of craftsmanship is the divine strength or ability to plan, build, and work with your hands in construction environments to accomplish multiple ministry applications. Understand this, craftsmen built the tabernacle. Craftsmen built the tabernacle. In the Old Testament, and I'm going to read the scripture to you in a minute. Craftsmen built the tabernacle. And as you'll see as we read this, they, are divine, they were divinely gifted men and women who could do the job because they were gifted by God with a very special gift. things don't just appear. They're planned. They're designed and built by people who have been divinely gifted by God for such tasks. If you walk in our front door, you see that wall. (laughs) I think it's it's the most beautiful wall in any church in the world, man. We have a a glass wall. I I talked with Jeremy a couple years ago. I said, Jeremy, I would love to cut a hole in this wall and, and connect these two doors so that because when you walked in, it was just kind of closed. You know what I mean? It was just kind of a closed-off space. There was a whole wall there. And, and I had an idea of, of, of cutting a hole, and, and you could go into the fellowship hall there. And, and I don't know. I, and I have no idea. You just do it. Okay? Just make it. So I said, Jeremy, just come up with something. And that's what he came up with. It's a whole lot better than a hole in the wall. Right? A craftsman, a craftsman built that wall. You know that that's one of the one of the things that people comment on when they come to our church and visit. People say to me all the time, "Man, I love that. I love that. I think that's cool. It's so beautiful." They, it, his, he and his team used um, the crates that the glass came in to do the the work on the side. You know what I'd have used it for? Kindling wood. They did, and it's, and it's beautiful. That's a special gift from God. There's a whole lot of projects around this church that need to be done. A whole lot of projects that, pe- that, that people have, ideas they have that I don't know how to do it. Talk with Jeremy. If you guys can do it, it's not going to come out of my wallet. Do it. Exodus 31, verses 3 through 6. God is speaking. He says, I have filled him with God's spirit, with wisdom, understanding, and ability in every craft to design artistic works in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut gemstones for mounting and to carve wood for work in every craft. I have also selected Aholiab, son of Ahishamech, something like that of the tribe of Dan to be with him. I have put wisdom in the heart. Listen to this. I have put wisdom in the heart of every skilled artisan in order to make all that I have commanded you. Man. Wow. Did you know that your creative gifts and abilities to build, to decorate, to do whatever are God-given? And if you have a passion for that, man, it's definitely a spiritual gift ask some of us who aren't, and this is not being funny, this is totally honest ask some of us that aren't gifted that way I no idea man, no idea I couldn't even decorate the Charlie Brown Christmas tree seriously but God has gifted some of you with the ability to see something and then to build it that's a divine gift man, that's a spiritual gift what are some ministry fit-ins? Obviously, construction, maintenance and repair, decorating, even this, cleaning. Cleaning team, right? Because some of you notice those things, right? If God has given, if God has given you a passion for this kind of stuff, speak up. Say something, wave your hands around, do something, tell somebody, tell me about it. Lo- I'd love to hear it. And then we'll connect you with the people that run that kind of stuff. And Jeremy's also always up for talking to somebody about joining his team. You see, it goes beyond just just being on a Sunday, in a Sunday morning service and, and being able to speak a word of truth. God has gifted each and every one of us in incredibly special ways, and laid inside our hearts the passion to do it. God, the the Bible says in the Old Testament, he has placed eternity within our hearts. That's the passion to serve. That's the passion to understand that the gift you've been given, the gifts you've been given, are to be used in a way to build the kingdom of God. Where your gifting and your passion intersect, that's where you'll find your ministry. Next week, we're going to get through eight more. And hopefully, some of you have, have seen in these first three, maybe it's sparked a little something in you. And say, you know what? That's me. That's me. I look at all of these. You don't have to be in all of these. I, as I look at these 11 different areas, I'm not in all of them. I'll guarantee you that. I'm just not gifted in all those ways. And I have no problem saying that. And I don't want you to have any problem saying that either. But you are gifted in some way and you are passionate about something. And what we want to do is find out what and where so we can get you plugged into ministries. that sound fair? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. Lord, I love your church. I love this church, God. New life is in my DNA. I love it. And God, I love talking to people about ministry and serving you God because I know that even though I'm a even though I'm a failure many times and even though I'm imperfect and I'm broken in so many ways I fit in with your kingdom and I fit in somewhere and I fit in here and I'm passionate about that <laughs> God I'm passionate about telling others about how they can fit into Lord I pray that over this next week that we'll think about these areas, and then just let our minds wander into where you want us to know and understand about ourselves what our gifting and passions are. God, would you not just use this to give us information, but would you use this, this information that we're giving to, to broaden the foundation and continue to build higher and stronger the building, the spiritual ministry of New Life Church. Reveal to us all what our gifting and passion are, God, so that we can be busy about your business. Bless us as we go. Keep us safe this week. Weather's gonna be up and down, God. We've got so many that are sick right now. God, I pray that you will just bring people back to health. Thank you for having Lori here this morning after her amazing ordeal, health challenge. God, thank you for bringing Carol back to us. God, would you bring health to the rest of our church? Would you bless us all? In your precious and holy name, we pray and ask all these things. Amen.